Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, do I have a treat for you? I hope that it's a kind of a good kick in the pants or motivating to you, especially if you are one of those that are procrastinating, getting started in this business, or just can't figure out how to promote yourself well online. But I have three brothers on today, Adonis brothers, Jeffrey, Kerwin, and Kenneth, and they are crushing it in the syndication business, even at one's 23 and the other two are 19. And so I hope that that motivates you just in what they are accomplishing. They're just pushing themselves. But they come from a low income single parent household. They started in single family real estate, wholesaling, fix and flipping and buying lease option rentals. They're currently under contract on a hundred plus unit apartment complex in Florida. So I just want you to think about that. I want you to hear what they have to say today. I know that some things that they are doing on social media, how they're helping promoting themselves is also going to help you if you just implement one or two of these things that they are doing. So have a blessed day. Talk to you tomorrow. Jeffrey, Kerwin, Kenneth, welcome to the show. Interesting trio here. Looking forward to getting into that and what each of you do for your business and how you're going to help some of the listeners today think about how they can do the same. Well, let's back up a little bit though. Man, you all have to be related, right? Tell us a little bit about your partnership and what each of you do. My name is Kenneth. I'm 23 years old and we're apartment syndicators. These are my brothers. Yeah, my name is Jeffrey. I'm 19 years old. And my name is Kerwin. I'm also 19 years old. We're from Durham, North Carolina. We were born in New York, but now we're doing multifamily syndication. Fast forward, you know, after we got in, but yeah. 23 and 19 and 19, again, I think we talked about that on the show a while back, but I just, man, I love highlighting young guys and gals that are out making it happen amongst all the pushback of, ah, oh, you're too young or you should do something else or whatever the pushbacks are. I received them as well, even getting into it older than you all. And so I can only imagine, but man, congratulations just right off the bat for making it happen. Give me a little bit though about each of your skill sets and how you all work together. Yeah. So I'll go first. This is Jeffrey. My focus on the investor relations side of the business, also capital raising. So I build relationships with investors by going to events local as well as just in the country. We'll fly out and we'll go to multifamily events specifically. And I also call it a strategic partnering. It's something where I'm intentional with networking. I'm an acquisition. This is kind of pretty much call brokers, build relationships with the brokers, go on property tours, underwrite the deals and submit offers on apartments. And this is Carwin. I'm in charge of the podcast, The Real Estate Monopoly. And we have guests come on and I'm the one in charge of our social media presence and sort of telling our story there. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about how you all have the confidence to move forward in the syndication business. As young as you are, tell me just a couple of things and we're going to jump into a couple of key things that you all are really good at to help the listeners with. Yeah. So I can start us off. This is Jeffrey. First thing is that we spend a lot of time educating ourselves. So obviously. Most people in the multifamily space are a lot older than us, but we, of course, approach it with the same mentality that most people do. If not, we try to be even more tenacious with it. We spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, reading the right books. We've joined a lot of different masterminds. We spend a lot of time with people that are in the space, just rubbing shoulders. Like Kerwin said, we have a podcast. So just by building that education, in my opinion, it kind of overcomes that fear. In my opinion, the fear is just a lack of education. So 
that's where we are able to overcome that with the education. And when we're talking to these multifamily operators, they might think I'm young and they can think what they want, which is good because I am young. Yes, but it's not because of a lack of preparation. In my opinion, I deserve to be in the room. I love what you just said. Fear is a lack of education. I love that. Frustration begins where knowledge ends is another quote that's very similar that I love saying a lot because it's so true. And you all are just models of that. But you mentioned reading books and joined some masterminds. Any recommendations around any couple books or masterminds, both that have been crucial to your early success? Getting into syndication, we knew that we needed experience and we heard of people going straight to the big deals, which called our attention. So we decided to join the Think Multifamily Group. They've been very helpful kind of with the experience end of it, kind of showing us the ropes and just having a family that, you know, everyone's willing to kind of pour into you. As far as books, though, I'm a really big Napoleon Hill fan. So Think and Grow Rich, Outwitting the Devil. And I think my brother is also reading a Napoleon Hill book right now. Yeah. And I was going to say regarding syndication, Joe Fairless's book, the best ever syndication book. That one's my favorite for apartment syndication. And we read that like a textbook and implemented a lot of what he said into our business. No, that's great. Some great suggestions there. I mean, especially around the mindset and the group you're in as well. Man, I think multifamily. I know Mark and Tamil personally. I've known them for a number of years now and and just think very highly of them. A great group, by the way, that I would encourage anyone to look up. Yeah, and the best ever syndication book by Joe. Man, I know Joe personally as well for a number of years and great book, great book. One of few around syndication, right? There's not many around our industry that lay it out as simple as his, he was able to. All right, so let's move into a couple of your expertise. One is social media and the way you all have grown, the way you all have marketed yourself. Let's jump into that a little bit. Give us a little bit about the marketing strategy or branding and how you've leveraged social media to grow quickly your presence. Our approach to it is kind of just documenting our journey and taking people along with us. Also, I think when people meet us in person, they might not believe that we're actually doing what we say. And so when they go back, I like to say it's like the receipts. Um, it's kind of proof that we have been doing this for a while and we're just going to continue to document it. I like to say money goes where attention flows. So just putting yourself out there, it'll attract people that have either what you need, someone that you can partner with, or someone that might invest with you. It'll just attract good things, I believe. So if you're just putting content out and things of that nature. We try to post as consistently as possible um, daily most times because a lot of times, you know, people come up to us at events and say, hey, I saw you on TikTok or hey, I saw you on Facebook. And we're just always trying to be omnipresent. And we believe that being everywhere or at least trying to is going to have a good impact long term. Nice. Being omnipresent. That's difficult, right? (laughs) That is difficult. It takes a lot of work, a lot of planning, and especially just online. There's so many different platforms. I want to talk about that. How did you know what platforms to use and which ones are you focused on? Right now, we're focusing on LinkedIn, Instagram, and we also have Facebook groups that we post in. LinkedIn works because a lot of times those are where we find we network with brokers, also potential investors, and just people in the multifamily space. We try to make posts there. And I would say Instagram is also a good place to connect with other people. And it's more on a personal level. But those are our main two primary platforms. We like to connect with other people that are very like-minded as well as in the real estate space and syndication. Just kind of learn from them, pick their brain, and also pour that information into our audience as well. How many shows have you done now? What's your frequency of shows? 
for the podcast. We just released our 34th episode, currently building a vault of episodes to eventually become a daily show. And so we're working on that. We have about 24 recordings right now. And we are making some changes to the show that I think will make it more of an engaging story and episode for our audience to follow. And I think they'll get more out of it. Awesome. Yeah, we're trying to be like you. All right, you need a little more gray hair to be like me. No, I'm just, just kidding. But that's awesome. Congratulations. And yeah, Daily Show is no small feat, to say the least. Most of the listeners have heard me talk about it. But yeah, I had 60 shows in the bank before I actually launched. And I was thankful that I did. Yeah, things are going to happen, right? That you can't foresee yet. And you need that space. But online, give us a little more detail about how you plan for posts. Or do you? You know, How far out are you planning? Are you scheduling them? What does that look like? I have two main strategies I use when I'm creating a post. One is for social proof. And Kyle Wilson gave me that advice at an event I met him at. He said that when you post social proof with other people that are major influencers or successful investors in the space, it kind of gives you that credibility as well because you're in the same room as them. And so we take pictures with as many people as we can. We also take as many pictures as we can when we go to events to maximize and have that content vault long-term. So I create a vault of pictures and then I also sit down and write a vault of captions. And then I'll just kind of see what pairs together. And that's how you build out a vault. So if you pick a few hours on one Thursday, that's enough content for the week. And I can just go ahead and make a daily post. And it's quite simple at that point. It's just a system. Yeah, everything is content. Anywhere we go, if I'm touring properties, that's really good content. If we're going to events, meeting people, we're just taking videos, pictures of everything we do and just document everything. (laughs) Yeah, and the second type of content I like to put out is just when I'm educating people. So for example, if I have a new podcast episode out, I'll also make a post about that. And also if we have a new YouTube video out, things like that, we kind of like to reuse and rinse and repeat. If I'm posting on YouTube, I'll post about that YouTube video on every other platform as well. That is incredible. I love how you all just made it very simple too. Like we're just documenting our journey and we're really showing everybody, hey, we are doing this through documentation, through social media as you're going. But also the social proof. I'm glad you explained what that is. We hear that every once in a while. I'm not sure listeners always know what that means, but ultimately social proof. You're showing that you're out socializing with some of the rubbing shoulders with some of the best in the business, right? And you're learning from them. You're educating yourself. So important. Give us any details too around managing all that content. I mean, you said like on a weekly basis, you can create those things. Are you the one then posting it? Do you have virtual assistants helping you? How are you all doing all that? Yeah. So that's pretty much all me. We haven't outsourced that yet. And like I said, it's not too hard once you, if you just sit down, dedicate like an hour to create captions. And through my captions, I like to have some of them related to real estate. So educating my audience. I also like to have mindset. So tips and tricks on how to personally grow. Also just in general, I mean, entrepreneurial facts and things that maybe will inspire people. That's our goal. We aim to inspire first and then also educate. How often are you all posting and is it different per platform? We've experimented with different things on LinkedIn. I try to post a few times a week. We were doing daily, but a lot of times I'm starting to find that it's better to have quality over quantity, especially on platforms like LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, I'll mainly focus on having, like I said, educational posts and then also just social proof. Another tip that Bronson Hill taught me was when you make a post, you should tag people at the bottom of a LinkedIn post and you tag them. And then that's more likely and also use emojis at the beginning of your post. And that'll get people to like, that'll capture their attention and get them more likely to engage with the post. And on LinkedIn, that's what the algorithm wants. It's, it wants other people to engage. So that's a like or a comment or a share. And that's what you're trying to do. And trying to create a community of raving fans. I know a lot of other influencers in this real estate space talk about having a community of raving fans. Emojis, man. 
I've heard so much about them over the last probably six months, how we should be using them. And I have definitely not done a good job at that personally. But I've heard people talk about like studies that have been done, like the increase of a number of clicks and views and things like that, just if you have a few emojis in the beginning. And so that's neat that you are finding that as well. Any other tips around the way you post to the Facebook groups or the way you post to LinkedIn or Instagram, maybe in those platforms individually? On Instagram, something I do before and after I post is I'll engage. So there's like this Instagram growth strategy. It's you engage with 10 hashtags that are popular in your space or in your niche. And then 10 influencers in the space, you also engage with their content. So I'll, for example, go and find Rod Cleef's posts and I'll comment and engage on his posts. And then I do that with nine other influencers in the space. And then I find 10 hashtags like hashtag real estate investing, hashtag real estate. I'll like and engage with those other posts under that hashtag. And that I find a lot of people coming to my page in terms of traffic, engaging with my content, following me. And that's a good way to have that organic growth of pretty much putting yourself in front of an audience that your content might also appeal to. What platform was that? That's Instagram. Instagram. Okay. And what about LinkedIn or Facebook? Any tips there? Yeah, I just post. I have a Facebook group and I've been posting consistently. We also look for real estate, other real estate Facebook groups to post our content into. And sometimes people will come and join our Facebook group from those. I think this is a growing wave and a growing trend, but we're pretty big on TikTok as well. And we've had a lot of people come up and we've caught a lot of people's attention surprisingly on TikTok. And I think my brother Jeff can kind of touch on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're going to find a lot of investors on TikTok just because of the demographic tends to be younger audience. But it's a newer app, so the organic growth that's possible, that's a lot cheaper. I mean, you don't have to pay for growth. It's really just how engaging is the content. We were putting out like three a day. And on one of our videos, we got over 4 million views. And we had like 40,000 followers in the span of seven days. So our account following doubled or tripled in a matter of one week. So that's how quick you can grow. And the cool thing is that the followers will then follow you on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, etc. Good for you. Wow. I have not used TikTok. Maybe I should consider it. What about just educating yourself on all these different platforms? I mean, it's a lot to take in, right? I mean, somebody's getting started. They're thinking, wow, how do I figure all these platforms out? What is best? Was it books? Did you all find somebody to help you think through this? Did you just educate yourself or see what's working? What was your all's path to figuring all these different platforms out? Yeah, so we're still learning every day about them. But I will say I look on what's working for other influencers. Usually, for example, on Instagram, there's Instagram accounts that make content solely focused on growing your Instagram account. YouTube is a great place to look for how to grow your social media presence. But anyone looking to start in social media, I would recommend they focus on one form, whether that be the podcast, Instagram, LinkedIn, they focus on it, master it and get really good. And when you do that, you can, like Jeffrey said, funnel people into your other platforms. And that's how you create that credibility and that dominance in that one space. Nice. I think that's great advice. Almost with any part of business, right? Don't try to tackle everything at once. Anybody can eat an elephant, right? As long as you do it one bite at a time. So what about tracking what is working? How do you know what's working? Whether it's social media or anything else helping promote yourself? I'll speak on Instagram because I'm more familiar with how they track. You go to the settings, I believe, and there's like insights. And when you press on there, you can see which posts that you've made have gotten the most likes, the most comments, the most shares, and actually which posts led to the most follows. And I just look at that and I kind of look for trends and patterns. Like, okay, I know, for example, my podcast episodes that I was posting on my feed weren't getting as much attraction. So now I've started posting them on my story instead of that. And so just things like that, we're picking up on trends. If you're not engaging with your audience and creating content they like, then you're going to lose your followers. And 
you're hoping that the goal is to sustain and have a positive growth long-term. So I would say, look at what people like. Also, if you post on stories and I'm pretty sure most platforms have a story feature now, but you can just post and ask questions and see what kind of content they want. Olenka, I can't remember her last name, but I just had on my podcast and she said that listening to your audience is really important because a lot of times they'll tell you really great content ideas. When I say audience, I mean, 200 people, 100, even 50 followers, that's an audience. And that's where you start. So if you listen to what they want and you give that to them and you respond and, and engage and create a community of raving fans, they'll tell their friends about it. And that's how you get that organic growth. That's a great suggestion. But how do you really know what they like or want? You know, how you talk about listening to them. How do you know? Yeah. Well, like I said, you can have story posts where you post a question and ask them. Like I asked my audience the other day, what are your burning real estate questions? What is keeping you from getting into the real estate space? Just ask questions and have them respond. And you can pretty much make any kind of post. And also a lot of times they'll DM you and ask you questions. And one person will direct message you and ask you a question. And a lot of other people in the audience might also have that kind of question. And there's certain apps, I can't remember the names, but you can look up keywords on certain websites. And when you look up that keyword, it can also generate content ideas for you. So to say, what is real estate investing? How do you get into real estate investing? And the keyword is real estate investing, things like that. There's so many opportunities and resources for you online that are free for you to come up with content ideas. So that's a good place to start. And once you start creating content, you can engage with your audience, ask them for feedback and see how you can improve your content as you continue. Nice. No, it's incredible. It's almost like if you don't have an online presence these days, you almost don't exist, right? How can people know who you are? And that's where most people are at, right? Is online surfing, at least Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, one of those, maybe TikTok, but obviously a bunch of people are on there as well. I said, especially during COVID, a lot of people weren't leaving their houses. So they were just surfing online. And if they couldn't find you, I think having an online presence is a form of credibility. And it just shows that you're a real person. Like I said earlier, money goes where attention flows. And the person that kind of speaks about that is Grant Cardone. He's raised over $600 million to fund some of his real estate deals through social media. And he's on every platform. He's on LinkedIn, Clubhouse, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. He's everywhere. But he spends very, very little in ad budget. And he touches a lot of people. So he's able to raise a significant amount in just days. It's really, really cool. Wow. What about any other tips before we move on about just your social media presence and managing that and doing it well that you would leave the listeners with before we move to a few final questions? Yeah, I would say including pictures of yourself and your face. That's a big thing a lot of people don't do, but people like to see who they're engaging with and who they're following. And also just trying to be as authentic as you can. It's going to take a while for you to kind of get comfortable and find out who you are. But I would say to avoid trying to be more than you are or somebody different because a lot of people, they want to feel like they can connect with you. And another big thing that's changed our approach to content is make sure you focus on the elements of storytelling. People want to get an emotional connection and they can do that through stories. And I think that it doesn't matter what platform you're using, podcasting, YouTube video, or Instagram post, telling a story is going to get a lot more engagement and that'll inspire people and also just be more likely for them to get more out of your content. Yeah. And one thing that Kerwin does really well is he's very consistent. So at the end of the day, you're not going to be perfect every post, but consistency is key. What's a way that you all have improved recently or something you wish you had known six months ago or a year ago? We read the book Traction by Gino Wickman a year ago, but we've been rereading it and we've been implementing it. And so we've gone into our own lanes and we pretty much don't step on each other's toes. We have our own roles and we do them very well. And we've identified our own strengths and weaknesses and um, aligned our paths to correlate with that. 
Yeah, I would say two things. One, the importance of focus. We kept looking. We weren't getting necessarily like chasing, like there was like two rabbits. We were trying to chase two rabbits at some points and we found that we'd be more successful if we just chased one. The other thing is you always hear people say your network is your net worth, but we really didn't understand the meaning until we started multifamily and actually started meeting with people that their net worth was very high, but you could tell by the way they spoke, by the books they read, the people they hang out with, like their actions and the knowledge that they had, like you surround yourself with those kind of people, they will pour into you and you're going to learn what they know. No doubt about it. That's one of the beauties of podcasting as well. Just like this, getting to know people, getting to speak to people face to face that you would normally not get to And that's part of exactly what you're talking about. But even the group that you're a part of or other masterminds or going to conferences, same thing, right? It is so true. I've seen it happen personally many times, many times. So what about a few daily habits you all are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Yeah, I can start us off. So we all wake up early. Kenneth wakes up at four. We wake up at five. Then we go to the gym. Crowan and me do yoga before we leave. We meditate. And then we take cold showers. And then we read, journal, and we try to eat healthy. We work out a lot. So it's just trying to maintain like our mindset, health, wealth, everything. We're trying to make sure that at its peak performance. So pretty much we have a daily schedule and we just follow it every day and just try to grow in every aspect of life every day. Yeah, we read The Miracle Morning. That's where we got. All that sounds great except for the cold showers. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. It's good. And it's that daily habit especially being up early and getting the day started and being very purposeful with that time. And that changed everything for me. And just starting to educate myself, right? Like never before. What about if you had to pick one thing? I mean, the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say investing in relationships. We've always said investing in relationships will have an infinite return on investment. So that's pretty much what we've poured all of our money into. That's our main focus is just building relationships because we see them as planting seeds now and they're only going to sprout and uh, bring value to hopefully everyone. Yeah, I recently read the book, One Thing by Gary Keller. And I realized that my one thing was talking to people. So what I try to do all day, every day is just be on the phone, talking to someone, building a relationship, talking to a seller, anything I can do. As long as I'm talking to someone, I know that it's going to somehow benefit me. Well, I kind of have two things. I would say first, believing in ourselves, believing, just knowing, well, first off, of course, believing in ourselves, but seeing that other people can do it and have done it before just let us know that it is possible. And then once we knew it was possible, we knew we could do it or we knew we could do whatever I guess we would want to. So I'd say belief in yourself and then persistence. One way that we kind of found out through our entrepreneurial journey is that the universe has a funny way of working. It'll kind of show up and there'll be a failure, but it'll only be a failure if you quit. But if you keep going, you break through that wall or jump over that hurdle, it always looks better on the other side. So persistence is key. Nice. How do you all like to give back? Yeah. So while our mom is from Guatemala, so we were a very humble background. And we were in Guatemala last year. We read a book by, I forget the guy's name. I think it was John Wood, Leaving Microsoft to Change the World. He talks about a nonprofit that he started. It's Room to Read. So we plan on just donating a certain percentage of all the income that we make to that nonprofit organization. And it's pretty much a, an organization that creates libraries and schools in third world countries like Guatemala. So there's no chapter there right now, but our goal is to make one, especially in the village that our family's from. Yeah. Nice. Guys, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I just hope it's so encouraging to the listeners, just what you all are accomplishing at 19 and 23. I just think it's incredible. Again, it's worth highlighting. 
you all probably don't appreciate it being highlighted as much as it probably is. But however, I just think it's so motivating. It should be to many others who are just sitting on the sidelines, right? And waiting for something to happen or wishing or whatever, man, get out there and make it happen like these guys are. And I just I love how you all have laid out so many things. I mean, from books to being a part of another group to, you know, fear is a lack of education. That's really good. How you've used social media, even TikTok, but other platforms as well to grow your presence, grow just the knowledge, right? So they're aware of what you all are doing and who you are. So crucial. And I look forward to seeing where you all are at a year from now and especially two years from now and maybe staying in touch. But how can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yeah, we're at Donis Brothers. That's D-O-N-I-S Brothers on pretty much every platform. Donisinvestmentgroup.com is our website and the Real Estate Monopoly podcast is our podcast. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.